0: I'm Deontay Burton and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Basley and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson and I'm down to dunk. Yeah, On you. Man.
1: Hey, everybody. So a little bit of a weird podcast today. I am not normally the host of Down to Dunk. Andrew's not here. The rest of the pod people aren't here. I'm Fred Katz. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic, but I used to cover the Thunder for two and a fraction seasons from 2016 to 2018. Uh, I had I worked for the Norman Transcript back then. I had Thunder Podcasts. I was a host of Locked On Thunder. I was a host of Thunder After Dark, and I was I was a member of the OKC Dream Team, if you listen to any of those podcasts. Uh, I now cover the Wizards for The Athletic, and back when I was covering the Thunder, I used to consistently do these these podcasts with uh, one guy on the Thunder. Unfortunately, people enjoyed listening to them, so I had to continue doing them. Um, and I've got them on the Skype line right now. I I just want to – I got Josh Hustis with me here on the Skype line. I just want to say, Josh, it never has been and it never will be a pleasure.
0: I can say from the bottom of my heart and with the deepest sincerity that I feel the exact same way. And a quick question. Do you have like a cool cool intro music like Joe Rogan? I listen to a lot of Rogan podcasts, so I'm hoping there's some sort of cool intro music. There's music. There's always music. Okay. I'm just making sure. I don't know how – how technologically advanced you. Are. I mean, I'm hoping it's good. I'm hoping it's worthy of me being on here.
1: Well, this, this podcast is, is competent. I don't usually host this podcast. I just have my wizards podcast, but now mm. I'm, I'm jumping back in for, uh, for Thunderstuff for one day because apparently people want to hear from you. Lord knows why.
0: <laughs> I th- I think it's fair to say that, in my like entire time with the Thunder, like the best um, publicity that I got and the most uh, positive feedback I got was this little feud we got going on here. I mean, I call it a feud, but it was mostly like one-sided in the sense that oh. like you weren't exactly capable of hanging with me.
1: Well, the positive publicity certainly wasn't from your jump
0: shot. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Oh,
1: we're two and a half minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish I, I never really wrote anything slamming you. Because the audience was too different. Mm-hmm. I wish I did.
0: Yeah. I, I like how you emphasize the word wrote as <laughs> in, like you're alluding to the fact that you there were plenty there was plenty of negative you had to say, but you just never put any of it in writing.
1: Right. Most of it behind your back.
0: <laughs> that's when that's when most of the, uh, the talking gets done, right? Oh, all the gossip. Oh, you and Eric Horn and, uh, yeah.
1: Eric Horn, my colleague now, <laughs> my colleague at the athletic now. Is, is he really? Yeah. So is Brett Dawson. We've all moved on.
0: Really? I, I always liked Eric. Eric was always, a, always good guys. I never had a problem with anybody. I can't say the same for certain people in my locker room, but
1: <laughs>
0: let's talk certain person in my locker room.
1: let's talk we're gonna talk about that and uh first first why don't you update the uh the the crew on uh on on everything that you've been doing i'm sure thunder fans Uh want to know and you just got back from uh from germany how was that
0: um yeah so for anybody who wasn't aware i was i spent this season in uh munich germany playing for bayern munich um and it was definitely uh different experience for me. Uh, obviously up until this season I had spent all my time playing in America. So this is my first time overseas and it's a totally different, um, experience. I mean, obviously basketball is basketball to a certain point, but there's definitely, it's played differently over there. Like organizations are run differently. Um, the experience is just different in a whole lot of ways. And it was definitely a lot of ups, ups and downs. Uh, But I would say that, you know, like looking back on it, like I'm really happy with the experience that I had and a lot of the lessons that I learned. And I mean, as of now, obviously the whole athletic world is kind of turned upside down. So I don't know where I'll be ending up next. But until then, you know, just hanging on and staying ready.
1: So so what is that like? Because you're married. You have a dog.
0: Two dogs. You have two dogs now? I have two dogs wow. now. Wow!
1: Both French bulldogs.
0: Uh, no, well, there's there's Boss, who's an English bulldog, and then uh, the other one's a rescue. She's a, a mix, a mutt, but yeah. So two of them, and also a wife.
1: So, so what is? I feel like something that fans never think about is, well, you know, if you're not in the NBA, you can still just go to Europe. You can make great money there, and people don't think about the human aspect of it. Like people, yeah. people don't. This is a conversation you and I would have all the time. And it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. people's faults because it's just kind of how sports are framed, right? But of course, but people don't think about no, this this dude is from Montana, went to college in California, moved to Oklahoma. Yeah, he's moved around, but like he's been within relative relatively within his own culture, close enough to his family there with his wife. And now all of a sudden it's like, no, now you got to move to Germany, which I'm sure is a really cool experience. But like, what was that acclimation period like for you? Because I'm sure that was not the ultimate goal.
0: It was, it was weird, man. It was a steep, um, climb. Like it was like I signed in, uh, I want to say it was like mid July and we left, on august 18th i believe so i had like a little bit less than a month to literally take everything that we own here in the states and like either put it in storage or pack it up um organize you know flights and where we're going to live in germany um figuring all those different logistics like the dogs um you know, I, I am a huge animal lover and I'm the type of guy like I'm never going to go anywhere without them. And obviously my wife, but the dogs kind of posed a more difficult challenge, but finding a place in Germany that can have dogs and, you know, getting them on the plane, getting them to Germany. There's just, there was a lot of logistics that had to be taken care of, like literally packing up and storing my entire life to make this move to a place that I'd never been. And like you said, the culture is different. That in and of itself is huge. But like the language barrier, of course, creates a whole nother set of issues. Like within the organization, there's a lot of English. But as soon as you step outside of that, like you run into a lot of situations where people just do not speak any English whatsoever. And you kind of have to find your way through that and kind of make it up as you go. Um, and it was really, really hard at the beginning. Like there was definitely times when it felt like things weren't going to get easier, but I would definitely say that by the time, um, I left Germany that I had it down pretty good. And so did my wife.
1: Did you find any escape rooms while you were there?
0: (laughs) So there was, there was one in Munich that we had, there's a couple in Munich that we had found, but only one that said they had done that they did their stuff in English as well, but we were never able to make it to it. I'm super disappointed in us for doing that. And like, as soon as we came back to America, we we're like, Oh, first thing we're going to do, we're going to hit up an escape room. And then, you know, the whole quarantine thing happened. So now we're sitting in the house, like everybody else waiting for, you know, things to go back to normal again.
1: Are you in Montana or Vegas right now?
0: In Vegas. Um, yeah. So, so our part, like we, uh, we actually, my wife and I bought a house, here in vegas last summer um and we rented it rented it out during the year so there's people living in it and in february they reached out to us like hey would it be all right if we extended our lease to the end of may rather than the end of april and us thinking that we're going to be in germany until mid-june said of course like that's not an issue and now here we are so we're currently in airbnbs waiting for the chance to be able to move into our house
1: the pandemic is always gonna get you isn't this crazy
0: oh man oh every day feels like we're in a movie i know it's wild
1: it's wild like i feel like i have to check in on everybody i Mm -hmm. i just moved up to new like to long island temporarily to be closer to family like it's it's just it's such a crazy Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I literally on our flight back from Germany, I watched World War Z, the Brad Pitt movie. I rewatched that. And like seriously, every day it feels like I'm at that like first 10 minutes of that movie where like, oh, just people are just getting sick and it's nothing real big to worry about. And then I'm just waiting for like zombies to come bursting through the window.
1: I know. Do you ever think about how you guarded Giannis perfectly on the baseline and he stepped out of bounds and they didn't call it?
0: It's funny you mention that uh that crosses my mind like you know a, every once in a while that does pop back up and i'm just like man like looking back on that like I, obviously i'm i'm proud of what i did but obviously like it was kind of out of our control and the game was taken from us and you know it's a missed call but uh i don't know i mean i think about i think about like if thing, how things would have shaken up, if, 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 at all any differently had the right call been made or whatever you, you know, whatever you say, but, um, you know, like at the, at least I can look back and go like, I did my job. The rest was out of my control. You know? Yeah. What do you think about it?
1: I thought about it going into this. I was like, I yeah. should ask Josh. Cause if I were you, I would think about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, like the very, my very, I remember it like really well, like my very first thought after he scored was like, I was furious with myself. Cause I was like, Oh, I just gave up the game winning basket to this guy. And then like, there was a timeout and everything. And I was able to kind of like see the replays and everything. And obviously I felt a little bit better about that. But you know, at the end of the day, you want the win. Who,
1: who was the locker room problem?
0: What do you mean? Like within, within our team? Yeah. I wouldn't say anybody was a locker room problem. I just think there's one person who it's pretty well known, doesn't vibe very well with the media.
1: Mm. Intr- what was that like? Like what's that like from from now that you have retrospect to look back on it, what's that like as as a teammate? What's the way to deal with that?
0: Um, I viewed it more of like kind of like entertainment a little bit. Because like I've had the chance to know the person personally and know what they're really like, you know what I mean. And it it, it was it was almost funny sometimes to see it because it was just sometimes ridiculous what you what would happen. But um, I don't know because you know that's just not me at all and like my personality. And there's very few guys in the league who do that sort of thing. But like, I think it kind of fit with the persona a little bit. Like the, it built up the legend, you know?
1: Oh, that's true. For sure. What was the, what was the vibe in? So you're, you're on that team. Your rookie year was 14, 15, right? That was the year you were, that was the first yeah. year you were in the NBA and you were 13, 14 was your G league year, right?
0: Uh, no, 14, 15 was, was my your G, G league, league year? year. Right. Right. Yeah. You were
1: the 14 draft with, with Mitch. Yeah. Um, yep. and then fifteen sixteen was your first year. So there you're really there 15, 16, 16, 17, and then 17, 18 is when like you're starting some games and you're in the rotation and, and all that. What, how did those locker room vibes change from the fifteen sixteen season, 16, 17, 17, 18? What, how would you characterize the personalities of those locker rooms and how they were different each of those years?
0: Man, it just, it's hard because like every year was different than the year before in some like semi-major way. You know what I mean? Like whether it was um, going from Kevin being there to Kevin not being there and then it changing to, um, then it changing to like Victor being there and like DeMontis and stuff to and like Doug and those guys too. Then all of a sudden they were gone and Paul was there and then Mello was there. It was just like there were some major changes each year. Like Surge, you know, Surge was gone. Like there was just some major like personalities that were there. And then all of a sudden the next year were just gone. And so, I mean, obviously, like the main dynamic being Russ, like he was constant there during my time. Because um, anywhere you go, there's a hierarchy to the locker room of course. And with how much things would keep kind of getting shaken up each year like that, you'd come into the preseason and be like, all right, how is this going to shake out? Like, where is this hierarchy going to go? You got to navigate all these different personalities and these new egos and figure everybody out and how everybody fits together on and off the court. Um, So that was hard. I mean, I'm not a big personality. I'm not like a uh, front of the crowd type of guy. So a lot of mine was like sitting back kind of adjusting to how the louder, more, um, I don't know if you say boisterous, how those guys kind of settled in, but it was weird, man. It was, um, every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, like I was just saying, like, with the big changes that were happening each year, um, big personalities coming and going each year, you know, every preseason was just sitting back and seeing how things were going to shake up, um, which personalities were going to step to the forefront, how guys were going to vibe together, Um, fit into this different hierarchy. Obviously, there was, you know, rust at the top every year. But from there, it was just a lot of like, every year was a little bit different and trying to adjust and figure out how everybody fit in together.
1: I just want to take a second to talk about Hydrant. Top performers in business and sports often attribute their success to their morning routine, whether that's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, or meditation. But not everyone has the time to do it all. With Hydrant, you can jumpstart your mornings. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you can mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly pla- perfectly ba- balanced efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, you can go to drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code DUNK at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code DUNK. For 25% off your first order. Drink Hydrant, drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code dunk. Now back to the show. So one of the things that's made now I'm not there this year. And you and yeah. you're not there this year. So I am I am basing this off of what I read, what you know Royce says and what Eric Horn says and what the people from the Oklahomans say. And that's what I'm basing mm-hmm. this off of. Yeah. But you read about it. And I have stepped foot in that locker room one time earlier this year. And one of the things that's really interesting, remember, you know, when reporters would come in, and I can only base this from the reporter's standpoint, right? Um, But like reporters come in pregame, we get 30 minutes where we can go in and we can talk to people. And if you noticed, reporters mostly stayed on your side of the locker room. Not because... Oh,
0: yeah, I knew that. And
1: it it had nothing to do with you being there. It was because that was the opposite of Russ's side of the locker room. Because if we went to Russ's side of the locker room we just we were not going to be able to have a conversation. We were going to get stared down. We were probably going to get asked to leave because we were just invading that side of the locker room. And when you were on the other side of the locker room, you basically had to keep quiet. That was not, I would speak very lowly when I spoke to players, that wasn't a conventional environment for an NBA locker room. That's not Mm -hmm. the case in pretty much any other NBA locker room. Um, This year, I walked in and was just kind of having a, Conversation, normal volume conversation with a player, like it was just kind of a totally normal conversation. And I was like, holy crap, I can't. it was just such a weird feeling for me having that conversation with now Russell gone. Were there other things? I know the Thunder were the only NBA team you played for, and this was my one experience there this year. Were there other things that you noticed? Was that just a media thing? Did you notice the locker room was kind of more... However you want to put it, um, like business as usual. did you notice that it was more that with Russ's presence there? Have you looked at it from afar and noticed any differences from following them from afar?
0: Um, obviously, like you said, that's the only NBA team that I played for. I would say like, and I don't know if this is see, I don't know if this is normal or not, but at least in my experience, what it was is that our locker room was very quiet before games. Like it was everybody at their locker, silence, doing their own thing. And then it was, you know, a couple minutes before we had to go out there, then everybody kind of starts like moving around, talking a little bit. But up until that point, it's very quiet. And everybody's just minding their own business and doing their own thing, whether it's, you know, listening to music, stretching, getting in whatever zone they need to get into. And I don't know if that's normal. I mean, from the experience that I've had playing – obviously the G league is a different different animal. And then overseas, like it's a lot more vocal other places from my, from what I've seen. And I don't know if that's normal other places or not.
1: I'm going to ask you a non thunder, but an OKC question. So one of the things that hey. I think would be good to do because like we've talked about coronavirus stuff and so many local businesses are getting killed. So yeah. I thought it would be cool if we shout it out, we both lived in OKC for years. Mm-hmm. Is there a local business in OKC that you have to do the homework and check to see if they're doing takeout now? But is there a local yeah. business in OKC that you think of when like, if you were to go back there, you think of like, man, I hope, I hope they're going to do OK.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know if you ever went to this place, but like Haley and I still talk about it. It's like Goro Ramen. Oh
1: yeah. Is that the yeah. one on 23rd? Yes. Oh yeah. That place
0: is good. Just off of 23rd. It's like 19th or something like that. It's like uh whatever district that is the art, like the hipster district, whatever they call it. Yes. But yeah, down there, there for sure is a huge one because I love that place. That's a really good um, one. Yeah. Okay. And then there's like, yeah, that's a small one. Like um, obviously you know, I loved mahogany and like red prime steakhouse like during my time there. The garage loved that place too. what um, was the
1: best burger because I got so my 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 spot if I'm gonna shout out two places, yeah it's gonna be Republic which I, oh yes those I love republic i I, uh, I will stand so hard for republic those
0: I love republic those
1: wings are so good. Yep. It's wild. I don't understand how those wings can be so good. The green beans there are unbelievable. Yeah, which is a ridiculous thing, but they are amazing. Uh,
0: did I see you there many times, both on purpose and on accident?
1: I think so. We've definitely been there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one on um, what's class the, and Curve. Uh, curve. Yeah, yeah, class yeah, and curve for yeah. sure. That was my go-to spot after after games because a lot of OKC people know this. A lot of places in OKC close at like ten. Right, yeah. So and that place was open late, still served food. So that was the spot. Yeah,
1: and it's really good. Great burgers, great food. And Browns, Browns donuts. I never went. There. What Browns? You never went to Browns Bakery?
0: No, no, never did. See,
1: this is the downfall of being an athlete and having to eat well.
0: <laughs> yeah, donuts isn't something that I like seek out.
1: Oh no! I mean, honestly, I honestly, me neither. But those donuts are—it's like this family bakery. On mm-hmm. Northwest 10th. It was by where I used to live because I, I lived on okay. Northwest 10th. And oh my God, those cake donuts are wild. Really? Yeah, unbelievable, like legit unbelievable. Okay.
0: All right, so we still have good friends there. So next time, we Haley and I do want to make a trip back to OKC just to see some people. So if we do, I will for sure go there.
1: Oh, yeah. those were Those were something else. I got some more Thunder questions for you. How confident were you guys going into that 2018 uh, Jazz Series?
0: I mean, I I can only speak for me, and I wasn't sure just because, like, we were good when we needed to be sometimes, and then other times we just weren't. Like, we would go in and we could beat, you know, the Warriors by 20 or 25, whatever it was. And then we can go into Dallas. You know, and and I don't think we won in Dallas that year. If I remember correctly. I don't remember. We 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 would play very poorly against some other teams. So I was like, Utah is a dangerous one for us, especially because in the regular season we seemed to kind of struggle with them too. Um, so I wasn't super confident. It was just depended what which of us like which team showed up. You know what I mean? Like we were obviously talented enough to. Win the entire league, like win the championship. Like we had shown that by beating some really good teams, but we just—you saw it. I mean, we just did not. We just weren't there for the first. What was it? Three was it? Three games. Yeah,
1: until the comeback in game five. Yeah. I mean, Russ. Yeah, we just weren't there. Russ lost. I mean, look, Russ. Russ is a great player, a great player, but he lost his mind against Ricky Rubio.
0: I mean. He's Rubio Rubio killed us all year.
1: Yeah. He's a good player.
0: And Ingles, Ingles killed us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys kept, I, I mean, I wrote about this in regards to Billy, but, but you guys continued helping off Ingles like that whole series until the very end. And angles, Joe Ingles, If you're going to give him open corner threes, that dude is going to, that's hit his
0: him. shot, man. He's going to make 55% of yeah, them. Yeah.
1: Like literally that many.
0: Yeah, he's not a guy. I just feel like we were faced with this dilemma of it's like, man, like gotta leave somebody open. Who's it going to be? Like, we gotta obviously pay attention to Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. We got like it was it was tough, and Rubio killed us one game because he was hitting shots. He's one of those guys, you know what I mean? If he just if he starts hitting threes, like you're in trouble.
1: Was that team? The reason I ask about how confident you were is because was that. I just, I remember like you, you kind of spoke about it just now, but kind of the whole thing was, you know, Russ saying, brushing it off is, you know, we beat the good teams and Paul, Paul talking about that. And Melo just, I don't know, Mello's just like the most aptly named person in the world, right? He's just kind he's of- He's so chill. He's just the chillest dude ever. Yeah. And so I think Mello's just kind of going out there trying to hoop and that's kind of it. Uh, and For I sure. don't mean that as a negative at all. Uh, no,
0: he just doesn't. I don't think he overthinks no, it.
1: No, he definitely doesn't. Uh, but I think Paul and Russ were kind of on the "we beat the good team" side, so we'll be fine. At least that's where they mm-hmm. were publicly, and I I don't have a problem with that. I mean, like, that's what are you supposed to say, right? Right. Like, no, we're not. We're, we don't think we're going to win this series. But like, is was that was that a detrimental mentality? Like, is that a is is that a proper way to think? Because do you end up? I don't know. I guess resting on your laurels is the wrong word. Word, but do you end up becoming a little too self satisfied and then not working on the flaws that are that are having you lose to those lesser teams? Do you get what I'm saying? Does that make
0: sense? Yeah. yeah no, for sure. I think you can have. Con- you definitely have to have confidence going into it, but at the same time, you have to respect who you're going against. I mean, I think of it like all the like i think of it in terms of like a fighter like if a fighter goes in there like you a fighter if they go in there thinking that there's a chance they could lose they're gonna get knocked like they're gonna lose you know what i mean but at the same time they go in there knowing that they're gonna still have to work for it to make it happen and i think we spotted them a couple punches like they we came out hands down thinking we were gonna you know walk through like just kind of like walk over them. They hit us a couple of times. It got us on our heels and we panicked. I think, you know, I think once that happens, we kind of got starry eyed and got a little, you know, knocked back and we never really recovered.
1: I want to talk some positive stuff. Let's do it. What is, uh, what's your favorite moment with the thunder? Do you have one?
0: There's a few. I mean, obviously the big one is my first start. Like that is the thing that, um, you know, as a kid, like that's the thing you dream about, you know what I mean? Is like get hearing your name, get announced to start a game in the NBA. So that of course, um, was huge. And then it's funny you mentioned that the other day, I think it was, it was less than a week ago. Um, like my Facebook memories were popping up and it was, uh four years ago exactly that I had like had scored my first NBA points too. Like that shot, my first start. Um those those are the two that stick out to me the most.
1: I remember you you did every single there has never been a player in the history of the NBA who has never tried to play down something really cool happening to them. Ever. Mm-hmm. And you tried to do that with the night you started um, because every single person does that. And I remember after the scrum, we were all like, he's such a bullshitter. Like,
0: <laughs> I cannot tell you how nervous I was.
1: <laughs> What's
0: like, what,
1: what was, yeah. uh, what was your mom's reaction?
0: Uh, tears. Cause you know, like she has been the person, like her and my dad have been the people that have been there since literally the very beginning, obviously. And have seen the blood, sweat and tears that have gone into me being able to get to that point. And, you know, my career there was definitely up and down and there were a lot of like really hard times. But once I told her that I was going to be getting my first start, it was kind of like this, like acknowledgement of all the work that had been done. And, you know for her like it was big to just for her to know that I felt like all the things that I had done and how hard I worked had seemed to sort of have seemed to like start to pay off you know what I mean um, there's like this a chance to kind of exhale and know that like all the work that's been done has led to this and um, my she knew my dream was coming true so obviously she was overjoyed. And like, I remember telling her and her screaming and crying and being so happy, but yeah, that was, that was a cool moment.
1: It's great. It's, it's so wonderful moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's indescribable. Like, you know, I'll never forget it for sure.
1: I want to do a quick lightning round before we, uh, before we wrap up. Okay. All right. So your, your locker, I guess it's not really a lightning round. I don't know why I'm saying a lightning round. These aren't yes, no questions. These are just normal, normal questions that I happen to have written down. Okay. And that's it. Um, your locker in 2017-18 was next to Carmelo Anthony's. Yes. I know Melo says some funny crap. What is, what is the funniest repeatable thing that Carmelo Anthony said to you during that season in the locker room?
0: That's hard, man. Like I don't, I know for a fact he said some really funny stuff. Like he's like super sarcastic, kind of like dry sense of humor, but like really, really laid back, chill guy. Um, had a lot of one-liners that were really good. Like, you know, these, those guys that have been around the league for a long time, like they've like those, you know, like old heads, like they've always got these like funny sayings, all these different things. Like I would say that the funniest thing and everybody who knows who has like paid attention to mellow over the past four years has seen how this blew up is like, every time he gets a rebound, what he says, everybody knows it.
1: Oh yeah. He says, uh, fuck out of here.
0: Yeah. And that, that to me, like hearing that like in person and like when we started to notice it before the cameras like really truly started like paying attention, paying attention to it was amazing. Like he would do it in practice. He would do it shoot arounds. He would in games. And so I, I love that. That was hilarious to me.
1: Oh, yeah. It's uh, that was great. I remember asking Stephen about that like
0: near him. He says it. Yeah. No one else is fighting him for the rebound.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember, um, asking Stephen Adams about that and Adams feigning that he didn't know just to be dry about it. And then when he yeah. did it to him, uh, he said, well, he doesn't have to be so rude about it. I'll give him the ball.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Steve-O man. I, uh, yeah, a lot of good times with that guy.
1: Yeah. Give me, I, I, every single time we've podcasted before the second one is every single time we've podcasted before you've given me a good Stephen Adams story. Do you have any remaining in the arsenal?
0: So, yeah. I would say, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you had known this, but like anytime anyone asks him for a photo or an autograph, he stops them and makes them say, please first. I didn't know that. Um, and, like, he gets, like, super stone-faced about it. And he's a gigantic guy. And he just stares these people down when he says it. And, like, the, you, can just, you can feel the fear coming off of them, <laughs> like, when he says this to them. Uh, that one, um, let me think. There's got to be more. I mean, I spent enough time around the guy that, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> If I think of any more, I will, I will text you them and you can read them or tweet them or whatever. But right now that's, that's the one I've got off the top of my head. I should
1: have, I messed up. I should have texted you before and asked you to come prepare. You should have given
0: me, give me time to prepare. No, I knew I was going to ask
1: you that too. I should have, I should have done that. That's my bad. See, this is, this is why I don't get to host this podcast. You're a very
0: nasty, nasty journalist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was being a cutie pie.
0: (laughs) Just nasty. You see, this is why people don't trust the media. (laughs)
1: All right. Who is, who is the smelliest player that you've ever played against and had to guard
0: the smelliest player that I've ever played against and had to guard, man. Um, that's tough, man. I like, that's really tough cuz a lot of guys do really take their personal appearance pretty seriously but I would I would it would probably be not even in the NBA it would probably be in college one of my college teammates who I won't name so I don't uh make him look bad but like had we literally as a team I had to have a sit down conversation with him about hygiene
1: oh no because
0: it became that became that much of an issue
1: oh no okay I'll let it slide.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Thank you for that.
1: I won't make you throw him under the bus. Thanks. Uh, Weirdest trash talk you've ever received in a game.
0: Weirdest trash talk that I've ever received in a game. Um, So it wasn't in the game, but I'll tell you this, like, like, you know, Dwight Powell for the Mavs is one of my best friends. Went to college together. I still talk all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. He, it was after we played the Mavs and him and I went and got dinner after the game. And he was telling me that it was it was a game I started against the Mavs. And he said, Dirk cornered him and we tried to get him to tell him my wife's name so that he could talk shit to me during the game. <laughs> <laughs> but But Dwight didn't, credit to Dwight, he didn't fold and kept it secret.
1: <laughs> that, oh, he should have done it.
0: Yeah. I can only imagine what that would have been like. Honestly, I'm kind of upset because it would have like been cool a cool story yeah. to tell people one day that Dirk talked shit to me. Dirk,
1: Dirk's a legend, too. Like, Dirk is a good dude.
0: That's a legend. Yeah, that's like a legendary one where it's like, Dirk, really? Like, yeah. That- so that was probably the most. I just, my thing is I wasn't a talker. So it didn't really bring it out in other people. Mm-hmm. Like, I let the other guys on my team do the talking because there was plenty isn't
1: isn't mentioning wives and families like like a part of the unwritten rule book though aren't you not supposed to do that
0: yeah yeah i can i can only hope dirk would have found a way to do it in a way that wasn't like like across the line but like i can only imagine like you know i mean like hearing dirk imagining dirk say something like i can't imagine i would have been upset (laughs) I probably would have just been too shocked.
1: Uh, do you have a best story of a teammate?
0: Best story of a teammate? <sighs> Man. Um, there's got to be some. There was, I mean, this probably isn't the best story, I would like, overall, but this is a pretty funny story is that it was in the preseason. And you remember Dakari.
1: Of course, Dakari Johnson.
0: Yeah. And, uh, we were getting ready to fly somewhere and we're like, all right, where's Dakari? Where's Dakari? Like he still wasn't showing up for the plane. Somebody finally got a hold of him and he had driven to a small private airport, like 45 minutes in the complete wrong direction, uh, from where obviously where we were taken off of. And we just like, couldn't figure out exactly how he ended up there. So we ended up being, having to leave late, wait for him. And um, I mean, that was funny, but like, man, if I think of more, I'll text him to was you. That, uh, was, you that early, more heads up. was that
1: early in OKC? Like
0: that would have been like, but like, did he already know
1: the airport that you guys normally fly out of? Or was this on the road? He
0: had flown Well, he was with. He had been with the blue the year before that, and they fly commercial out of the same airport. So like he knew where the airport was. <laughs> I don't know why he assumed it, we would be flying out of a private airport. <laughs> <laughs> oh here's something for anybody who has watched tiger king have you watched tiger king yet
1: oh yeah it's wild
0: so one of the sheriffs that they interview multiple times would come and talk to the thunder at the beginning of every no
1: year. way which one
0: and i was shocked to see him. which one. Oh my gosh uh give me one second um it was the guy, it's the one, he's got glasses.
1: Uh, one of the guys who works at the zoo?
0: No, 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 a sheriff. Oh, no way. Yeah, it's a, one of the sheriffs. Uh, but I, I, I have to find out which what his name was again. I'll, I'll text it to you. But yeah, one of the sheriffs that was like presided over the county that the zoo is in. Is on there almost every single episode. They talk to him
1: that that
0: so is that was a, shocking to see.
1: That is amazing. That documentary is yeah. wild. I don't want to give spoilers because it's only been up for like 10, 10 days. man,
0: is it ever? It is nuts.
1: It is wild. It is if if you are from Oklahoma or lived in Oklahoma, you should a hundred percent watch that one.
0: It's crazy, man. Yeah,
1: it is. <laughs> uh, one more who's. I I'm, i can guess who you're going to say for this. Who's your funniest your funniest Thunder teammate ever?
0: My funniest Thunder teammate ever? Uh, I mean it's hard to it's hard to beat Steven. I it's hard to beat You hear me? Yeah,
1: I figured you would say Steven.
0: It's hard to beat Stevo, uh and then the other Steve Novak was hilarious too. Um, Anthony Morrow, hilarious, but yeah, I think, I think Steve is probably the funniest.
1: Yeah. I figured you'd say that he's a pretty, right. pretty conventional answer there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to beat him.
1: That's definitely true. That's for sure. True. Well, Josh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for, uh, for taking the
0: time. For- no, thank you for having me, sir. Sorry. I kept cutting oh, out. Well,
1: for figuring out your Skype password. Just for me.
0: Who uses Skype still, man? Well, we
1: use it to record podcasts. It's
0: all about Zoom these days. I know
1: that's true. Maybe I should start doing this thing on Zoom.
0: I should have done this on Zoom with you, so that we would have made sure we wouldn't go over forty minutes. You think?
1: You think Zoom has had the quickest, the quickest trajectory to from from just being a proper noun to being a verb?
0: It's up there, man. You know, if you listen to the conspiracy theorists, Zoom is behind this whole thing. So stay woke. <laughs> yeah. There you
1: go. Uh, that's it. I have nothing. I have nothing to plug. Do you have anything that you want to tell the Thunder fans or the listeners before we wrap up here?
0: I mean, all I would say is that uh, thanks for listening. I definitely missed my time in OKC. I had an amazing time, and some of the best people I've ever met are from OKC and are. In, are Oklahomans. So, you know, if for those of you who still keep in touch with my, my uh, career and everything, I appreciate that. And hopefully I'll be able to come visit soon.
1: Yeah. I want those public wings now. Now that's what I want.
0: They sound so good. And when you, if, when you eventually do see Troy Brown again, tell him I for me,
1: I will. I very much will to Vegas buddies.
0: That's my guy.
1: I know. Good dude
0: great dude all right
1: well josh thanks for coming all right
0: yep thanks fred all right buddy